I'm Sarah Gross. And I'm Sarah True. And you're listening to If We Were Riding. A triathlon-ish podcast. Grab your sock hats, fill your decanter. Friday's here. It's time for some banter. Tri-tips, life chat from two feisty pros, zoomies, arm hair, ebbs, and flows. Rides with influential women in sport. Voicemails from you, now it's in your court. Join in just to stalk raccoons. Do you like your Zwift caps and fear those loons? So unpad your bras and stop that hiding and find out what happens if we were riding. Sarah? Hey, Sarah. <laughs> oh, sloppy entry. Sloppy, we like. <laughs> We're on the video just so we don't talk over each other. The first word. We're just we so excited to see each other. I know. Luckily, we have the same name, so it doesn't matter who spoke first. It's just like, hi, Sarah. <laughs> yeah, we both we both seem rude. It's perfect. I, <laughs> uh, I'm actually happy to see you are back in the in Canada. I was about to say back in the U.S., but you were in the U.S. You're back at home now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. I, I think, you know, there was a moment there, Sarah, when I wasn't sure if or when I was going to be coming back to Canada. Um, <laughs> so, like, as you know, as people know, there's a there's a global pandemic happening. Um, and in order to cross borders, we need to have a negative COVID test. So I had to get tested within 72 hours before entering the U.S. and, and the same role on the way back. Um, so I was in Asheville, North Carolina. Um, and we realized that like the day that we needed our test was a Sunday and we were trying to find a clinic or somewhere that was going to do the COVID test for us. It's a town of like a hundred thousand, a little over a hundred thousand. So not a huge place. Um, and we were going to have to like, well, essentially there was nowhere we could get tested. (laughs) Oh no. Yeah. So Nicole and I, who were there, um, from Feisty were like, okay, this might not go as planned. <laughs> like we might, like we might have to end the whole day. So that was a Sunday. And then the whole day of Monday we had, like, that's when the conference was. So I was speaking about women in sport at a diversity conference, um, for the sports leaders in North Carolina. And I, so I was like, okay, we can't do it that day. So we might have to do the test Tuesday. Right. And then to be guaranteed, it's going to come back. It's like 48 to 72 hours. And our flight home was supposed to be Wednesday. Um, so yeah, there was a moment when I was like, hmm, when will I see my family again? (laughs) Oh no. Wait, so what'd you end up doing? So it's, it actually, it's, uh, I'll answer your question, but it actually makes you realize, um, how, and I mean, I guess I knew this going in, but like if you, if something happened, like say we, like Nicole and I are both vaccinated, but if we were like not ill, but carrying the virus and we didn't know and we tested negative, like we'd actually have to quarantine for two weeks in the U.S., Um, so there is like still some risk involved in travel that I had taken in, but didn't really on a real level. Um, so we ended up doing like what, so like the sports, we were working with the sports commission, right? So they actually ordered, he like pulled some strings for us and ordered these tests like they would do for like, if you were a pro basketball player and you were traveling on, (laughs) on the NBA circuit, you get delivered like a COVID test in a package and you just administer it and they send it off to the lab, you know? So Nicole and I went to a bathroom, um, in a hotel and we had to like shove those things up our nose, which is like way harder than you think. 
um, and really, really uncomfortable when you're doing it to yourself. And we had no idea, like, if we did it right. And I was like, what if the samples come out wrong? Like, there were so many layers of things that, that could have gone <laughs> wrong. Why didn't you do it to the other person? That would have Oh, been... God. I feel like that's even worse. Do you think that's like, worse? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I want to stick something up Nicole's nose. I mean, I, I love her butt, like... But wouldn't that be, I don't know, easier in some ways? I don't know. I'm not designed to be a nurse. One yeah. time on one time on training camp, my training partner, we were we went to, we were in Spain and we stayed two extra weeks after the whole rest of the squad left, and it was just the two of us. And she had like she had to get these B12 injections in her butt. Have you ever had those? No. Yeah, it was a. I don't know. This was a Spanish cure for something. I don't know. I think she was having iron problems, and B12 was part of the solution, and so. I had to, I had to inject this, like, I had to inject this needle into her ass every day. <laughs> I was not cut out for that. Yeah. Like, I, I was, I practiced on oranges. Like, I was, I'm not designed to be a nurse, Sarah. Okay. So, swab up somebody else's nose is probably less than ideal. All right. Yeah. Not ideal. Anyway, we made it back to Canada, so. Well, I'm good. Yeah. yeah. Nice, nice job uh, making that happen, pulling some strings, getting in contact with the right people. I know, it's good. So otherwise, what would you have done? I, we had talked about changing our flights. So now, okay, here's my advice. My advice for travel between Canada and the US is like in the major ports now, they have testing on site and they, um, like say in Phoenix Airport, for example. Um, when I was there, I could see people coming and going from the pharmacy, just getting tested. Um, and they, they guarantee the results within an hour. Oh, wow. So you can go there with this, like you set an appointment time, you go there, you have this sort of guaranteed notion like that you're going to get your test. So we like, we we're like, okay, we would go through next time we would go th- through a major port with a long layover. And that's, there you go. that's what I would do next time. Yeah. <laughs> now, you know, yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. Um, okay, coming up on the show, we have a couple voicemails. Um, one from the Ninja voicemailer. Um, Iron Man's looking for a female commentator, so we're doing a shout out. Uh, we're going to talk a little more about my trip to North Carolina. We have a voicemail about including 22 needles. Wow, needles is the theme of our show. <laughs> <laughs> and the Feisty Menopause Summit after this. Hey everyone, this is Dr. Lisa Ringerfield, co-founder of the Outspoken Women in Triathlon Summit. We are really excited to announce that the Outspoken Summit will be returning in 2021. This year has created an opportunity for triathletes to get back in the blocks and start to rebuild triathlon to create a more inclusive and welcoming space for all. Join us from the 12th to the 14th of November as we host a virtual summit to connect with like-minded women, center women's equity in the sport, hear from industry leaders, and develop leadership skills related to our roles in triathlon. The summit will provide a rich forum to develop strong voices, inspire others, and advocate for change in the sport we love. For more information and to sign up for the event, go to outspokensummit.com. We hope to see you there. Every day there seems to be a new wellness trend, like eat this, do this, avoid those scary things. And how do we know where to start and who to trust? 
Inside Tracker cuts through the noise by analyzing your blood, DNA, lifestyle, and fitness trackers. This provides you with a personalized, science-based, trackable action plan on how to live, age, and perform better. Inside Tracker is simpler, cheaper, and more convenient than traditional blood tests, and includes tests that we need as athletes but aren't traditionally included, like ferritin and vitamin D. My favorite part is that they don't just give you the data, they provide you with nutrition and lifestyle tips to take action. So for a limited time, Inside Tracker is offering our If We Were Riding listeners 25% off their entire store. So just go to insidetracker.com forward slash riding. That's insidetracker.com forward slash riding as in if we were. Change is an inside job. Start inside. So Sarah, we heard from the Ninja Voicemailer today. Hey, Sarah and Sarah. It's the Ninja Voicemailer. Um, just wanted to call it. It's been a while, but uh, you guys have been killing it. A uh, couple things. One is, um, you know, listen, after listening to the podcast, after 22 years of marriage and five kids, if there's one thing I've learned, it is never appropriate to ask a woman if she's pregnant. There is no circumstance in which that is an appropriate question. So, Sarah, I'm sorry, but uh, yeah, that was totally inappropriate. Um, the other thing is I was riding in the car with my, with one of my, with one of my boys and, um, I was trying to get a song in his head and he was trying to get a song in my head. And of course my song was baby shark do, 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 do. And he came back with the theme song of Caillou, which I don't know if either of you have been introduced to that show yet, but please don't, don't do it. The, the theme song is just, it's, it's horrible and it sticks in your head. When, and of course he won. So that's now rotting around in my head. Um, and I actually, if I can, I have an IROC because I've never done that, but I have an IROC because, um, my 15 year old son, a couple of weeks ago, we actually did a sprint triathlon as a relay together. Um, I did the swim and the bike and he actually ran us into third place. So you guys know as a back of the pack guy, um, I don't see podiums and he and I, uh, it was great. We stood on a podium together. So introducing the next generation of triathletes. Um, anyway, that's it. Have a great one. Oh. Such such a good voicemail. Thank you. Yeah, I don't know. I wasn't I wasn't bothered by somebody asking me if I was pregnant, but I definitely think in general, just don't ask. Don't ask unless you know. Don't ask. Yeah, I was actually on a call yesterday with a sponsor who um, she stood up during the call. This is on Zoom, and I thought, oh, is she pregnant? <laughs> and partially because of all these conversations we've been having, I'm right. like, nope not saying it <laughs> it's like um, and then later in the call she's like oh i'm actually 15 weeks pregnant I'm like ah <laughs> yeah nice so yeah. but i was kind of glad i kept my mouth shut at the yeah. time <laughs> yeah i think that's um, wise okay i also have something for you oh are you ready no yes no i'm looking you at your face ready. and i'm a little nervous <laughs> Sarah, this is about to be part of your world. No. I I have to say I have never seen Caillou. I don't really know what it is. Uh thank you, Ninja Voicemailer, for it's not in my head yet because I haven't watched this with Hawk yet, but uh, 
I feel like this is a battle I'm going to have in years to come. Caillou. Yeah, so Caillou, okay, Caillou used to be on the band shows list at my house. Band shows. Band. There wasn't a long list of band shows. I mean, I'm pretty open-minded, right? Why was um, it banned? But it was banned because of this. Caillou was a sniveling little, annoying little poop head. Like, <laughs> the character of Caillou was like everything that you don't want your child to be. Oh. Like, everything was a problem. He was like anxious and concerned and like you know how like the theme song's all about like each day is something new yeah it was essentially caillou responding poorly to every new thing that like (laughs) came into his world as a child oh Um, gosh terrible role model it was hard to watch like it was like like i can see how like if you had a kid that was like caillou it would be helpful yeah because it was like this problem solving whatever but like I'm like, I do not want my daughter <laughs> to think that this is normal behavior. Like everything, everything was hard and me and me and the whining. <laughs> like, like, I don't know where. Toughen like, up, Caillou. <laughs> Caillou, I mean. <laughs> so. I know it's a popular show, but yeah, I was clearly just like... there are many people who disagree with you about this. <laughs> I would I'm happy to hear counterpoints about Caillou, but like I I'm sorry, I've strongly disliked Caillou. Yeah, I <laughs> as a show. I can I can sense that. Um <laughs> I have nothing to add to this conversation. He's also like this creepy like he's bald. Oh. Wait, he's like a, so he's like he's a bald child. Yeah, like, so maybe the character of Caillou is maybe, like, four. I don't know. Now I'm just guessing. And he's bald. Like, I don't... There's no storyline about... Huh. Hair loss. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe you missed that episode. (laughs) To (laughs) to connect the dots. See, that's where his trauma began. And he's just been dealing with the PTSD ever since. Yes. And because you don't know that, you have no empathy for him. (laughs) My level of Caillou empathy is very low. Yes. If you had just seen that critical episode, it would all come together. (laughs) If anyone knows this episode of Caillou, please send it to me. It'll change my opinion. (laughs) Uh, on a very different note, I did appreciate the addition about the relay in that too, and his uh, why I rock because oh, yeah. we need more people telling us why they rock. I mean, being able to step on the podium with your kid—that sounds pretty awesome. That is so fun. Yeah, yeah I think um, I don't think that's ever gonna happen in my world, so I'm a little <laughs> bit jealous. Oh well, you guys can make like more TikToks together. That's essentially. If you make a TikTok go big, you know, lots of views, that's like having a a relay podium. (laughs) Totally. So in in Rosie's one and only triathlon, she reacted exactly like how adults do to Iron Man. Okay. (laughs) Which is like, she came into transition from T2. I was like, mommy, I have it on video. It's amazing. I can't go on. It's too hard. And I'm like, okay, it's a 500 meter run. Like, <laughs> we're going to do this together. How old was she? Mm, it's two years ago. So she's eight. Okay. So 
500 meters, she should have been able to, you know, get through. It's, yeah, it, it's, um, it was in line with like when I, the first time I saw like a kid's, a kid's triathlon, I was in Australia for Ironman. And so they had invited like the pros to come and like cheer on. I'd given my homestay kid this gold cap that I had from Ironman Canada. So she was like so excited oh, to have this gold huge. cap. And, like, and I, that's the first time I actually experienced like, oh, like, like 50% of the kids had meltdowns in transition. Really? Like, yeah. There was like tears and like just like kids quitting, kids not being able to find their bikes, like kids coming out of the water early because they can't make the 50 meter swim or whatever. Like just. And those are are Australian kids. Australian Australian kids kids. are like tougher than other kids because they have snakes and spiders and sharks and stuff down there. My homestay though, like Kate, she like placed in her age group. She was, she was good. It was the lucky cap, clearly. It was obviously the lucky cap. (laughs) Did you give Rosie a lucky cap before her? That's what I was clearly what I was missing. Oh, Um, Sarah, I was hoping to give her lucky jeans, but that didn't really work out. Just wait to swim in. No, like genetics. Oh, oh, jeans. I was thinking like yeah. You're like what? Like she was lucky. Like the like brand, the Levi's, like Levi denim jeans. <laughs> like, like, yeah, that, maybe that's why she was crying. Yeah. I mean, bike riding in jeans, some people could do it, but like, let's be honest. It's, yeah. Well, maybe she watched too much Caillou. Sneaky Caillou <laughs> watching. <laughs> I just brought it back. <laughs> yes. I love when things come full circle. <laughs> Okay, so Sarah, I got an email from a friend of mine the other day, and okay. he said, and I've had this email, like, can I just say, like, I've had this email probably in the dozens of times, like, probably 20-something times, that Iron Man is looking either for a female commentator or a female master coach. So in this case, it was the a female commentator, mm-hmm. and um, I recommended you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Yes, you're welcome. Um, but I'm wondering if you or our listeners have any recommendations around it. Well, I do remember we had one listener who's interested in getting into commentary. So reach out to Iron Man because they're, they're looking. They're looking. They're looking. Yeah. So I would like to lodge a complaint. This is going to be Sarah Complaints Week. Yeah, okay. go for it. I'm, <laughs> because, I am here for your complaints. Like, I've, I've heard this, like I said, so many times. And over... Like three to five years, it's like Iron Man's looking for a female commentator, right? And then every time I make recommendations and nothing happens. And like I'm sure they're not I'm not the only one they're asking. Like, you know, I, I don't know how hard you can be looking. Well maybe you, you are. <laughs> <laughs> and that's really their way of saying, Sarah, we just want you. We want you to volunteer yourself. They don't though, they don't. Oh. Yeah, I mm. Yeah, that's weird. I don't know how you can look without finding. Like, I've also heard that narrative, like, which is, I think, somewhat common, is, like, to in one breath be saying, we're looking for X demographic to fill these shoes, and the other breath be like, but there's no one good enough. Do you know what I mean? Like, or, um, you know, I I don't really know. Or there's no one educated enough about the sport there's no one like it's like because there's no one doing it already in whatever demographic they're looking for 
there's no one to do it, right? It's like, well, you need to give someone the opportunity because that's like, how can you mentor a new commentator for Ironman races without mentoring a new commentator? Because I'm sure like as good as like Mike Lovato or whoever is now, um, I'm sure that they didn't start like amazing, right? you know? They grow well, into roles, right? <laughs> you have to you have to groom somebody over time mm-hmm. because it's a lot of talking. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's that's that is fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. The same thing with a master coach. Like I feel like I've given several recommendations for master coaches for women because their their master coaches are all older white males. Um, and what I don't even know what a master coach is. What does that entail? honestly sarah i don't know <laughs> i'll tell you who they are that will tell you who it entails so anyone okay. who knows our sport who will know this so like it's Dave scott mark allen lance watson and matt dixon there are only four um i think that paula newby fraser might be one but i think she's kind of like in like she's a placeholder like i'm not sure that she coaches more than maybe a couple people or something like i don't think she runs a coaching company i could be wrong about that but um I've seen, like, I've actually seen a graphic on Iron Man social media. Now, this goes back a couple years. So, please, someone come in and tell me they found some female coaches and I'm just not up to date. But, like, where it's, like, our master coaches and it's, like, a grid of four on Instagram. And it's just, like, those four guys. Wow, that is fascinating because there are plenty of great coaches. There are yes. plenty of great coaches who are not not white men. Um, <laughs> like, <laughs> you know... Also, other than Paula, North, North America, I mean, Paula lives in the States, right? That's right. Not, not very international. Um, I'm sure in the entire world, there are some great coaches out there. <laughs> it's like we that said, is like, so weird. Yeah. When we, you know, when Lisa and I, I know I've said this before, but like when Lisa and I founded at the outspoken summit like four years ago now we were like if we if we believe that folks are out there like the great speakers are out there we will find them Mm. right so instead of being like we want a diverse set of speakers with different viewpoints right and then being like oh but there's no you know there's no one in this demographic in our sport so we can't it's like let's assume that there are great people and then go and look for them and like that's a different assumption than I think sometimes like it's like if you don't see something immediately in front of you it doesn't exist um so and we had to do some work like we had to do some work to find the right people to speak on the right topics um there was a little bit of heavy lifting but not that much you know yeah well what what does interest me about Iron Man as a brand is that they do they love the name recognition so I and I just think that's so limiting um why why does your name have to be big to be a master coach? I, I and I think that speaks to what you just said is that you have to go out and find the the talent. The talent is there. You give them the platform. So yeah. Iron Man, you give them the platform. You don't wait until somebody's already, you know, to the level that you want them to be like in terms of name recognition. Yeah. Uh, the, the quality exists. Yeah. Yeah. So interestingly, so I was, um, when I was in North Carolina, so we had a, like I was doing a presentation about women's sports and then someone asked, 
Um, do you have, did you, have you ever had any, heard anything or commentary about like Iron Man, the name? Hmm. <laughs> and I was like, oh, <laughs> here we go. <laughs> um, but I do think that's it. Like that's, it's, it's a slightly different conversation, but it's, it's interesting because like we, during this conference, we talked about how like gender, like the concept around gender is changing too. And like, we understand it now to be more on a spectrum and non-binary. Right. And so like iron man, even as a concept, like, like what is that, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and that like, we have a whole generation, I think that's now growing up without seeming like without that male masculine language being the normative like we used to um like I grew up with like if you're if it's like oh hey guys you know that's like a generic word for everybody but it's actually masculine and we accept those masculine terms as being generic um whereas um I'm not sure that my daughter shares that assumption right it's it's not the default for her right exactly so like I don't know at what point there's a tipping point on like someone who hears Iron Man and assumes that they're saying like adult males mm. and not a brand um, and not a generic word for human. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Or get, get it confused with the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for, for a certain age of person, like that's going to be their first association. It's not going to be the race. Totally. I um when I was because we have that um, podcast called Iron Women, of course, with um, Alyssa and Haley, and we've had it for several years. And so I looked into the um, what do you call it, like the copyright rules mm-hmm. around Iron Man, and and Iron Man actually for a long time I don't know if it's still current because I haven't checked lately, but they owned the rights to like Iron Woman um, as a phrase on clothing, mm-hmm. um, and and so we we haven't made clothing, um, but. Also, they, I think they pay, I think they pay um, Marvel or whomever. I don't even know. See, I don't know yeah. about superhero movies. So sorry if I'm, whoever it is that owns that Iron Man brand, I think they pay them. What about like Iron non-gender specific person? <laughs> yes. That's such a powerful name. That's what. When Kelly and I did the podcast, we just thought, we came up with Iron Folks. Iron Folks. <laughs> Iron Folks. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, I mean, it's funny, right? But, like, I recognize that, like, but it's, there's it's, a it's kernel difficult. Of truth. There's a kernel of truth, and it's difficult to come up with an alternative, right? Like, it's easy to see a flaw and harder to come up with something that's a good solution. Um, although, Iron Folks, I mean, who wouldn't come to that race? <laughs> It doesn't sound that tough. <laughs> it does sound it does sound too friendly. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, should we listen to our next voicemail? Oh, let's do it. Hey Sarah and Sarah. It's Jocelyn. Wanted to say thanks for talking about epidurals. I had a scheduled cesarean. Uh, as you recall, I called in a few months ago about my baby that was supposed to be 12 pounds but was only 11 pounds and 6 ounces. So instead of having an epidural, they do a spinal block, which is a very similar needle. And 
instead of having the joy of feeling labor pains, I had the joy of them trying to get this needle place 22 times because apparently my baby was so big that she warped my spine a little bit. So I was laughing when Sarah, Sarah Gross was talking about how she had this immaculately placed epidural and the doctor said it helped that she was so lean because when my OB talked to me about it a few days later, she said the anesthesiologists were surprised because usually someone that comes in that's pretty lean, they have no problem getting the needle placed. So that was super not fun, but hey, we've got a healthy baby who is still rocking that 99th percentile, just turned nine months old, 27 pounds, not walking yet, so my arms are super, super ripped. Anyway, thanks for keeping it real, and also special shout out to all the C-section mamas out there, because they slice us open and pull the babies out, and that is way harder to recover from. Anyway, thanks. Love you guys. Bye. Oh, Jocelyn. Okay, first of all, yes. The shout out to the C-section mamas. So my, yes. my, my sister uh, went through it and unbelievably hard. So, so much credit, but 22 needles. Tw- 22 needles. Yeah. <gasps> the like theme you're of the not show. going through enough yes. trauma already without 22 needles. At least you can't see it happening. I know, but I was, I was angry at them putting in three epidurals. I can't even, 22. Yeah, no, thanks, but no thanks. But she's right. The baby's healthy and very large. So she was talking about 11 pounds, six ounce. 11 pounds. It's supposed to be 12? Like, whoa, giant baby. I just went in yesterday for Hawk's uh, 20 or two week or two month, sorry, two month checkup. And he is 11 pounds, zero ounces. So he's two months old and he's still smaller than our baby. (laughs) So now just imagine that thing like that Hawk was inside you. Yeah. I mean, I know he's a little nugget, but still like holding him, he feels very substantial to me. So that's, that's all inspiring. Yeah. Yes, thank you, Jocelyn. I appreciate the like the honesty there too. Like it actually made me feel a little bad for like um I actually I want to thank Jocelyn for like accepting my story of like how well my epidural went. I, being able I'm to so, like I was so lean no problem. Yeah. <laughs> uh I hashtag bubble rag. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> It's like taking I rock because because too far. It's just like anyway, um, Jocelyn, thank you for your voicemail and your story. Oh my god. Yeah, and making Sarah a little embarrassed. That's all good. Okay, it's all good. It's allowed. Mm-hmm. All right, all right, Sarah. We have one last little segment, menopause summit. You wanna you wanna give us the lowdown? Sure. So this, okay, let's see, this weekend. So it's, this episode comes out Friday. So we are, this is amazing. Okay. We are broadcasting. We're having our feisty menopause summit, right? So any, like, seriously, any woman like 40 over should 
um, should attend, first of all. Um, it's like feistymenopause.com if you're interested. But we are also like broadcasting live our opening session to like the public. Um, so it'll be on the Feisty Menopause Facebook page, I believe. Um, and, and on our YouTube, our Feisty Media YouTube channel. Um, so we have Rebecca Rush. Do you know Rebecca? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So awesome. Pro cyclist. Super awesome. Just Total like amazing. Badass. Yeah. Like 52 years old, I believe. 53 maybe now. Like just like super amazing. Like she's kept going um, into her 50s and great speaker. Um, and Celine, who we had on the podcast. Celine awesome. Yeager. Yeah, who also hosts the Hit Play Not Pause podcast. Can you ask her about her snails, how they're doing? I did during, Sarah, during, um, we did, they were on a live, oh yeah, for the gravel launch. So we launched our um, gravel community and we had like an Ask Me Anything with um, a couple of gravel (laughs) cycling pros, like just, we invited people into a room. It was actually a whiskey, like we were doing, we were drinking whiskey and it was fun, yeah, and um Celine had like behind her she had sheets hanging over something you know I don't know I don't know what and I was like my question is is Celine hiding snails behind those sheets (laughs) but they didn't answer that question (laughs) I appreciate that (laughs) (laughs) like every time honestly every time I see like an octopus or a snail I think of Celine yeah that was, like, I, that yeah. was a good episode. I, I, I enjoyed talking animals with her and vertebrates. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Me too. Me too. Awesome. Well, thanks, Sarah, for another amazing episode. I mean, since we're in a self-congratulatory mo- mood right now. It was a little random of an episode, but that's how we roll. Uh, we'll be back next week and in the meantime send us your voicemails If We Were Writing is a feisty podcast remember to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at If We Were Writing and we love hearing from our feisty friends so please send us a voicemail at sarah at livefeisty.com that's Sarah without an H right so just grab your phone record an audio file and email it to me and we will love it and love you forever we know what it takes to be reaching the top we know what it takes to be reaching the top we know what it takes to be reaching the top